0: care health system. Excellence in health care presents weekly dose of wellness. Here's your host, Deborah Howell. Hello and welcome to the show. I am Deborah Howell and today's guest is Dr. Christopher Parrish, allergist and immunologist at the Pediatric Pulmonary Center, Miller Children's and Women's Hospital, Long Beach. Today we'll talk about environmental allergies and try to understand a bit more about them. Welcome, Dr. Parrish. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on the show. So about one in three people have allergies in the U.S., including children, but many people are underdiagnosed or undiagnosed. Only about 10 to 20 percent of the population knows they have allergies, with the majority being unaware of what they're allergic to. So let's begin at the beginning, doctor. What is an allergy?
1: An allergy is a harmful response to a substance that is caused by a hypersensitivity, Um In most cases, when we're speaking of allergy, we're talking about IgE-mediated reactions, which are also known as immediate hypersensitivity reactions. So when you're exposed to something that you are allergic to, you tend to have an immediate reaction. And there may be a secondary later response, but that immediate reaction is usually the, the number one clue that you're allergic to
0: it. And when you say reaction, do you mean a sneeze or a breakout in hives?
1: It could be either of those. The the ways that allergies can manifest um, depend on how the exposure occurs and on um, where the sensitized antibodies and cells are in the body. So for example, one of the most common symptoms would be hay fever or allergic rhinitis. So that may present with sneezing, nasal congestion, runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, Mm -hmm. other people who have asthma may have more wheezing and coughing and shortness of breath when they're exposed to their allergen. And other people may present with more skin symptoms, which could be anything from hives to eczema.
0: Okay, got it. And then I know when I'm exposed to perfume, I also get sort of a tightening of the lungs. It's like, you know, I don't know what that's called, but you, you almost feel like your lungs are constricting.
1: Yeah. So people who have allergies may also respond to non-specific irritants of the airway. These may include things such as pollution from uh, automobiles or cigarette smoke or um, perfumes. These are often not true allergens, but in an airway where there is pre-existing inflammation, they may trigger the same response.
0: Got it. So what are some of the most common environmental allergens?
1: The most common environmental allergens include pollens, which can come from trees, uh, weeds, or grasses. Now, when we talk about pollens that cause environmental allergies, we're not talking about the pollen that's in a nice, pretty flower. The the pollen in a, a flower is sticky and heavy so that it can, can be spread by insects. That's why the flower is there, to attract the insects. Mm-hmm. The pollens that we're talking about are actually spread by wind, so they can be found miles and miles from the source plant, and this could include classic allergens such as ragweed or, like I mentioned before, um, grass pollen or tree pollen.
0: So it's tiny.
1: Yeah, very tiny. So we're talking in general probably about 10 to 60 microns, so you can't usually see it unless there are massive amounts in the air.
0: Uh Aha, very sneaky of it. Yeah. All right. So how are allergies then diagnosed?
1: So the, the two main ways to diagnose allergies are through blood tests and through skin testing. So the gold standard is considered to be the skin test in which drops of uh, allergenic extract are placed on small plastic um, devices that are then used to scratch the surface of the skin. If, if you're allergic, a small wheel will, will develop at the site of that scratch within about 15 minutes, and this can be done in an allergist office um, quite safely and quite quickly and easily. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the blood test um, is another alternative. Um, this is checking for the presence of IgE antibodies. So this is checking for sensitization. Um, The main difference between the two is that with the skin test, you not only are seeing evidence of those IgE antibodies, but you're seeing that the person is actually reacting to the allergen and you're seeing not just sensitization, but an actual clinical reaction, which is more suggestive of a clinical allergy.
0: Got it. I know when my sister uh, had an allergy test recently, she had to take everything that she had in the household that she used on a daily basis and then tape it, tape little bits of it to her body, like little bits of her knitting needles and little bits of her iPad cover, etc.
1: So that's a little different. That's typically done for something called a uh, contact dermatitis. So that's a patch test. I see. That's a little different. In that case, the the, there are also commercially available products where the chemicals that are found in many common household objects are um, already on the patches, and those are left on for usually 48 hours, and then you, you look for a response after that. Um, that's often used for patients with contact eczema.
0: Okay, so that's not allergies at all. That's eczema. Okay. So why is it important for parents to take their child to an allergist to be diagnosed instead of their pediatrician? Well, for
1: for some patients with mild um, allergic rhinitis, uh, you know, a pediatrician can definitely handle um, mild allergies. But if the symptoms are not responding to you know basic um, general treatments such as a, a non-sedating antihistamine like Claritin, Allegra, or Zyrtec, or to a nasal spray like Flonase or Nasonex, then more investigation is is indicated, and the As I said before, the gold standard for that would be to do the skin testing to see what they're truly reactive to. That's not usually available in most pediatrician offices. Um, Pediatricians usually do have access to the general blood test for diagnosing allergies, Mm -hmm. but they may lack expertise in counseling the patient based on the results of the blood test.
0: And counseling is a very big part of this.
1: Absolutely. 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 So besides the pollens that I mentioned before, there may be allergies to mold or to pet dander or to dust mites, which is one of the most common allergens, or even to uh, pests such as rats, mice, or cockroach.
0: Okay. So we go from diagnosis now to treatment. What treatments are available for kids and teens with environmental allergies?
1: So the the basic treatments would start with um, medications such as um, the non-sedating antihistamines that I mentioned previously, um, these work to block histamine, which is released as one of the major mediators of the allergic reaction. So in mo- in many cases, taking the antihistamine may reduce the symptoms upon exposure to the allergen. Other treatments can include uh intranasal steroids for rhinitis symptoms, or inhaled steroids if the symptoms are more um, related to asthma. Uh, As far as the most effective and the only treatment that is potentially curative, that would be what we call immunotherapy. So immunotherapy is where we actually give small amounts of the allergen and increase that amount over time in order to induce a state of desensitization and, which means that they don't react to the allergens while they're on treatment and hopefully eventually a state of tolerance where even after we stop the treatment, they may not no longer react, react to the allergen, meaning that, that they're effectively
0: cured. That would be a fabulous outcome, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah. And uh, Im- immunotherapy traditionally has been done as allergy shots, um, but that does require a lot of doctor visits. It requires a big commitment from the patient and the family. Um, There are newer forms of immunotherapy that are being investigated and um, are currently being used, um, including drops under the tongue, known as sublingual immunotherapy or slit. And there are other um, experimental forms, such as using patches on the skin, that are still under investigation.
0: Got it. Okay. Sounds like some good new breakthroughs. Uh, What are some of the things parents can do to help eliminate or reduce allergens in their home?
1: So um, it depends on what the allergen is. So, for example, if you have a dog or cat allergy... The only truly reliable way to eliminate the allergens would be to remove the animal from the home, which is often not a a reasonable option.
0: Right. Not in Um, (laughs) ours. Not happening.
1: Yeah. So, for example, if you have a cat allergy, putting the cat in another room doesn't do anything. Um, Cat allergen um, is due to proteins in the dander that are very tiny and stay airborne for a very long time. Uh, studies have shown that with a cat completely removed from the home, cat allergen still remains measurable in the home months later. Wow! So um, <clears throat> other options that, that can help in situations like that um, would be um, a HEPA air filter, which can help clean the air in the room. This can also help with other allergens that are airborne, such as the pollen, which may come in through windows. Keeping windows closed in the summer times or when the pollen counts are particularly high may also help. Um, For dust mite, the um, methods to reduce exposure um, are a little different. Dust dust mites require moisture, so they can't survive out on an open hardwood floor. So um, removing carpet or frequently vacuuming carpet is one strategy that can help. And then dust mites also... Um, can thrive in the moisture within our pillows and our mattresses. So there are products available that effectively encase the pillows and mattresses um, and make them impermeable to the dust mite allergen, so that even if the dust mites are inside the pillow, it doesn't come through and cause you symptoms while you're sleeping on it.
0: That is fascinating. I have a final question for you, Doctor. Where can people go to find out more about allergy treatments at Miller Children's?
1: Probably the easiest place for them to go would be to the Miller and Children's website at MillerChildrensHospitalLB.org. On there, there's a tab for centers and programs, and within there, there's the Allergy Asthma, Cystic Fibrosis, and Pulmonary Center. Um, That has information on our Pediatric Pulmonary Outpatient Specialty Centers, which is where our allergy clinic is located, and there's also a tab describing our allergy program with some more information about the testing um, that we discussed earlier on the podcast.
0: Very helpful. Thank you so much, Dr. Parrish. I am off to buy a HEPA air filter as we speak. (laughs) It has been great to have you on the program today. Very informative. I'm Deborah Howell. Join us again next time as we explore another weekly dose of wellness brought to you by Memorial Care Health System. To listen to the podcast or for more info, please visit memorialcare.org. That's memorialcare.org. Thanks for listening and have yourself a wonderful day.